Welcome to the Pathfinders Collective Podcast with me, Rob Harrison-Plasto. This week, we're starting the first in a new series called How to Be Happy at the End of the World. I'm really interested to get your feedback, so please do leave a comment or email me back if you're a subscriber to my Substack or just hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn. The links are in the notes. So I've been spending a lot of time lately talking with activists and change makers about the future of the environmental movement. And one thing that keeps coming up again and again is spirituality. I think it's because the heaviness of the current existential situation causes us to suffer internally and spirituality is a natural balm for those, you know, internal experiences of suffering. And while it's important to take action in the world, we often forget that it all starts inside of us anyway, in our thoughts and emotional lives. That's why we do what we do. So now, more than ever, I'm looking for ways to be happy, even at the end of the world. That whole idea that in doing so, in this situation, staring down the truth of the climate and ecological crises, that's great contrast and catalyst for personal growth. That's one way of looking at it, right? To me, it seems quite like a good idea in in the sense that it it would bring about real resilience. So let's explore that a little bit more. So now, more than ever, I'm looking for ways to be happy at the end of the world. And the first way I want to share is a mixture of two things, compassion and forgiveness. Sounds easy? Eh, Not so much. (laughs) Um, I've literally just been um, reading an article about Kwasi Kwarteng, um, trying to reclassify natural gas as green so that it doesn't put off potential investors so that they can extract more of it from the North Sea. And... I'm thinking of him right now um, when I'm telling you what I'm going to be telling you because it's a good test. It's a good test. So more and more, I'm ascribing to a theory of change that suggests that personal change is fundamental to social change. So focusing on things like this isn't just about my own happiness, but actually bringing about change in the world around me too. So as I change, as you change, as we all change, the world changes we're social animals our meaning is socially constructed we pick up all our cues from each other and our peers so yeah this theory of change says social change is personal change the idea is that our internal world and our societies are nested systems fractal even so each consciousness each unique one of us each consciousness is within a collective consciousness And it's all feeling and perceiving the same things just from different viewpoints. And it's all completely interconnected and interdependent. And behind all of us as individuals, this is where it gets spiritual, (laughs) a bit woo, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. It's not woo at all. It's consciousness. Um, Behind all of us as individuals is the same awareness as this awareness, once we're rid of all the ego and baked on layers of bullshit over a lifetime of seeing the world in a certain way, there's just this awareness at the base of it, just pure, peaceful awareness. Now, no one gives you peace. You already have it in you. You just don't always experience it. Just in the same way that the sun is always shining, it's just that the clouds get in the way. So spirituality, Eastern Eastern traditions and indigenous cultures, they show us this too. They teach us that peace is here the whole time. We're just not seeing it, which is refreshing in such a fraught and tense world. So perhaps the miracle we need is really an awakening, a more conscious awareness of all the bullshit and a rediscovering of the peace that is always here. 
a mass transformation from fear to love, from separation to connectedness that starts within each of us and spreads with all we come into contact with, especially with our enemies, those we argue with, those who seek to double down on business as usual, like old quasi, just as we seek to abandon it. Spiritual traditions would urge us to see that quasi, he's not evil. He's simply blind, blind to love. That instead of fighting him or making demands of him, we need to show him how blind he is to love by showing him and ourselves compassion and forgiveness. Like me, your immediate reaction might be to recoil from this, (laughs) but I've persisted with it and recently given it a chance. I've spent a lot of time sitting with this idea, as uncomfortable as it is, and stayed with it to see if I can find something in it that makes sense. So here goes. Our enemies are no different from us. They're simply perceiving the world through very different lenses and filters of past experiences, thoughts, beliefs, and identities, all of which are socially constructed and open to change, but only when we become aware of them and engage in their construction. Now, most of us, especially our enemies, we like to think, but us too, we don't do this. They and we operate out of unconscious thoughts and beliefs more often than not. In truth, probably about 99% of the time. Now, when we judge our enemies, we reinforce and agree with their misperceptions. But the point is to call out the misperception instead, which first requires empathy and compassion. When we persist in our judgment of others with our anger, fear and hate, we undermine ourselves in the process. Take, for example, the loathing of the government to the extent that many of us feel compelled to make demands of them to stop doing what they're doing. Now, demanding things from bad guy governments actually puts us into a state of victimhood and serves to perpetuate the illusion that they have power over us that is greater than our combined power because we give away our power to them when we say, if only they would do this, then everything would be fine. So our satisfaction then becomes contingent on their action or lack of it. This gives them power over us as we place ourselves at their mercy. So maybe there is something to be said for not going down this route and instead finding new ways of seeing things. So back to compassion and forgiveness with another question. How do we call out the misperceptions in our enemies without fighting them? Compassion and forgiveness. Us seeing the good in them opens the door to them seeing it in themselves. And this is what is most needed of all. Contrary to what you may feel when looking at oil companies, for example, at the moment, there is no evil in the world only insanity, ignorance, and misperception. If, like them, we can't see truth, we have no choice but to accept illusion. And that's what's going on with them. So put another way, our oil exec enemies can't see the truth and instead are glad to accept the illusions their egos have spun up for them to keep them happy doing what they're doing. And I'm not saying like we know the truth and they don't. We're all we're all suffering from illusions of one kind or another. They're just different. Um, and some are closer to a, an understanding of truth than others. Um, but they're all just they're all just models of making sense of the world, but some models are more useful than others. So they see what their lives have shown them and what their peers have shown them, 
just like us, and they found stories to tell themselves that make everything all right. It's just that their lives look very different to ours, and their stories sound nothing like ours. Everything, everything I'm saying is also a story that I'm spinning up too. This is all conjecture, but stay with me for a while as I imagine what the stories of others might look like as I try to appreciate a different point of view, one where it makes sense to burn as much oil as possible. What if I had gone to boarding school from the age of five and been raised by staff at a private school, seeing my family in the holidays in luxurious surroundings at every opportunity, surrounded by people and things of huge wealth, with the acceptance and full belief in a way of life that has rewarded them like no other, the ultimate positive reinforcement for me as a young person growing up in that environment. Elite universities sat side by side with duchesses and future presidents, opulence, decadence and luxury, the continual comparison of wealth and material success with others, the incessant yearning for external validation in the material world, years spent working horrendous hours, fortunes amassed, a mechanistic worldview completely ignorant of the web of life, a deep belief in our separation as a natural consequence of a life spent in spaces impeccably sculpted by humans to be devoid of anything wild. What if I had a growing sense of foreboding as I grew older and older, always chasing satisfaction and never finding it? Even with all the material goods in the world, I'm still left with an empty feeling inside that I cannot name. The result of a severed connection to a living planet and the cold embrace of a meaningless universe. The product of a childhood without the warmth of my mother when I needed her most aged five struggling to sleep in a shared dorm and the cold judgment of a father who never knew how to love me because that was left to my nanny. Feeling empty but full of enjoyment of the chase of success I keep going is all I've known and it makes me feel powerful and better than others which gives meaning to this otherwise meaningless endeavour. Every month I'm judged on my numbers being bigger than the month before and I'm scared of what might happen if they're not. I have to keep going and now that I can start to see how messed up this all is, secretly I'm working even harder to make as much money as I can so I can cash out and protect my kids. Others may have to starve but not us. The more I keep going, the more money I can make, the better able I am to protect the ones I love from what's coming. I need more power. I need more money. I need more security, safety, and strength. From this perspective, I don't hit the brakes. I hit the gas as I subconsciously ask myself, what has this all been for? I did as I was told. I did everything right. I suffered to make this happen. And so I no longer see anything that might stop me because I'm not looking for it. I'm avoiding it like the plague. My ego mind is working overtime to protect me from seeing anything like it, which is why I'm so offended when I'm shown it by people gluing themselves to my building. They terrify me. They're a huge threat and need to be locked away. Now, all those thoughts, that whole story isn't true. It's all just stories. Perhaps oil execs tell themselves stories like that in their minds. Perhaps they don't. But whatever stories they're telling themselves... The stories are the reason they act as they do. I don't know what those stories are, um, but it's all because of the stories that they do what they do, because of the ego. Maybe there's something to this spirituality stuff after all, and compassion is actually quite useful to understanding the world. But what forgiveness? So ego sees a world of evil, fear and separation, while non-thinking awareness sees mystery, beauty and love. 
The distinction between ego and awareness is a tricky one, but it's crucial. So try this. Ask yourself, what am I more? The voice in my head or the thing that hears it? This is the difference between ego and awareness. Your ego is the voice. Your true nature is the bit that hears it. When you quieten the mind, you're left with pure awareness. That's always there. That's you. It's the exact same thing in me when I quieten my mind, and it's in every living thing. It's pure consciousness. It's all any of us really are, and it's what makes us all one. Now, what my recent readings in spirituality have shown me is that more than ever, we need to rediscover our humility and recognize that the world is utterly mysterious, beautiful, and complex beyond our comprehension. We've just lost our way and forgotten. We've been wrapped up in the ego and it has served us well, too well. It now threatens our very existence. We still need to use our ego minds and the words and numbers it likes to play with so much to make sense of the world, but we must always remember that these understandings are only ever attempts at understanding, mere perceptions that we inherit from one generation to the next about what is true and what seems to work but is never complete knowledge. When we act as if we have full knowledge and believe ourselves without question, our world will eventually collapse because it is built on distortions, ignorance and misperception. Just look at the news. This is what we're living through right now. This is where forgiveness comes in. Forgiveness for ourselves and others that we have been so blind, so misguided and so unaware. If we couldn't see the truth, we had no choice but to accept illusions. We need to remind ourselves that the true nature of reality is beyond comprehension. Even the size of it is beyond our comprehension. Trillions of planets orbiting billions and billions of stars inside billions and billions of galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. Consciousness erupting from inside each and every one of you so that the larger whole can know itself, hear itself, see itself and love itself through you. This also means that if we can't accept others, it means we can't accept our true selves because they are us and we are them, just looking out through different eyes. True self-acceptance requires acceptance of everyone else too, even quasi quarte. <laughs> it requires compassion and forgiveness. So one way to be happy at the end of the world is to find the joy of self-acceptance that is hiding in plain sight behind compassion and forgiveness for everyone. Yourself, your friends, your family, and yes, even insane oil executives hell-bent on destroying the world. After all, persisting in the judgment of others as evil merely serves to keep us from the love and peace we are so inspired by in the first place, and which is right here, right now, and always has been, waiting for us to find it again. Getting angry at the world and others in it is the same as drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Instead, let go, forgive, love and set yourself free. It might just change the world.